You're listening to Making Waves from the University of Portsmouth. I'm Trudy Monk. In this podcast, we meet Portsmouth graduates who drive positive change in their communities and around the world. As they share their journeys, you'll be struck by an overriding drive in each and every one to make a difference in the lives of others. In the past year, the pandemic has brought health and well-being into sharp focus. At the University of Portsmouth, these themes have long been reflected in our research, teaching and community engagement. We're proud of the contribution our research makes to understanding and addressing health challenges, especially now. And equally proud of the many Portsmouth students who enter and complete health-related programmes in order to meet the needs they see in their communities and beyond. In this series, we meet six graduates who are at the forefront of advancing health across a number of sectors, professions and locales. Whilst not all of them work in healthcare per se, all share a passion for enhancing well-being in our society. Like the university where they studied, these graduates are finding solutions to health challenges. There's no question that the alumni featured here are innovators in their fields. They found a way to combine their work with their passion to contribute. We hope their stories inspire you, wherever you are, whatever you do. This time, University of Portsmouth dental alumna Nida Malik tells of how her charity is empowering girls' education and taking care of oral health in regions of Nepal. Imagine having to walk five or six days to see a dentist, only to find you couldn't afford the treatment. This is the problem Nida decided to tackle when she founded Dental Adventures. What began as a student research project has turned into a charity that connects Nepalese people to better health, starting with their teeth. People are becoming more aware of the links between the importance of, of keeping good oral health to maintain good general health. So I've studied uh, three qualifications at Portsmouth University. I've studied a certificate in higher education in dental nursing and I believe that was from the year 2013 to 2014 um, and I've also studied a BSc in dental hygiene therapy uh, from the years 2015 to 2018 and then 2018 to 2019 I studied a master's in research uh, in oral health sciences. Wow. So very well qualified. Um, so yeah, so it's just uh, so last year you finished uh, doing your masters, and so what are you doing with your life today? Where's where's uh, all all that study led you? So it's led me into three different things that I'm doing at the moment, actually. So uh, as my undergraduate qualification says, um, I study as a dental hygiene therapist. So most people would know when they go and visit the hygienist, it's somebody who takes care of uh, scaling and polishing and things like that. But I work slightly differently. So a lot of people don't know what a therapist is. So we can do extractions on children, fillings, um, and perform aesthetic treatments as well. Um, and that's what I, I do on one side of things. The other side of things, I also recently started a job at the University of Portsmouth, um, where we'll be teaching uh, the dental hygiene therapy students at the Dental Academy. Um, and the third thing that I do is I also run a charity now uh, called Dental Adventures, 
uh, and it's basically a charity which has emerged out of my research project that I did for my master's and basically organizes free dental services for people out in Nepal in the Everest region, which is where I did my master's for data collection. It's basically giving free treatment to those people who can't afford it by taking out volunteers from the UK. And after we've done a camp, for which lasts about five days, we go to Everest Base Camp for 12 days uh, return journey, uh, just as a an experience of, of Nepal, basically, and all the beauty it has to offer. And um, alongside that, the future plans are to incorporate students in that somehow. Um, the money that is, is generated from the charity goes to supporting young girls uh, through education in that area so that they can become educated just like I have. I was fortunate enough to have an education and I would pretty much like the same thing for them. And so the money generated goes to supporting and empowering young girls uh, in that area. Wow. So you've uh, a very busy life you've got. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you uh, went to that area of Nepal for your master's. Was that um, through, through, through choice or, or through chance? Did you sort of go, oh, that looks really good? Or was the opportunity presented to you to go there? Um, it wasn't presented to me. I came up with a, a wacky idea to, to my supervisor. To I really wanted to go to Nepal to see what sort of dental treatment they did out in the rural areas because I could imagine it was non-existent. And, and mm. when I went out there, it's the case. It's non-existent. They usually have to walk five or six days to find a dentist somewhere to, to help them out. And usually a lot of them can't afford the treatment by the time they get there. So I just wanted to know what they're doing out there to manage that. And, and uh, so I proposed the idea to my supervisor who thought it was a great idea and she was willing to take the risk and uh, we managed to pull it off, basically. Wow. And so um, how long were you out there for your master's? So most of the background work was done here uh, at the okay. university uh, because I did the master's full time. So it only spanned over a year. Yeah. Um, and I actually went out to Nepal for a total of five weeks to collect my data. Okay. And and how often do you go out there now with your charity? So because of the pandemic, we were supposed to go in March earlier this year and um, we weren't able to. So it's been postponed to next March. So hopefully in four or five months time, we'll be able to go out there again to be able to carry out the services. But it all really depends on, on the pandemic, really. Yeah, absolutely. So ideally, in a more normal world, you'd, you'd aim to go out twice a year, would you? Or, or is it just sort of as I, money allows? <laughs> no, yeah, definitely twice a year. Um, usually when it's safe, weather-wise. Uh, so for Nepal, the trekking season is usually from March till May. So that's one period of the time of the year we can go. And the other is October and November time. So weather-wise, this is the most safest time to go. Um, and yeah, twice a year, really. So when, when did you set up your charity? I did it whilst I was doing the Masters. So I, it was a simultaneous process, working in practice, doing the Masters and setting up at the same time because it was a, it was a case of where I, where I formed a good connection with the university over there because I had to be supervised by somebody over there at the same time. Uh -huh. Uh, I, I suppose for legal reasons um, and I managed to form a, form a good relationship with my professor over there and uh, he's actually 
the dean of that university for their dental school and he's very into community projects, outreach projects, and he thought it was a great idea. So we, we formulated the charity, basically. So it was probably 2019, so last year. Excellent. And uh, what, what kind of ways are you going about um, raising money to, to fund these trips over there? So volunteers pay a set fee to participate in the camp itself, which naturally acts as uh, a donation. Uh, donations are possible just from lay people just who are interested in, in, in helping out. And also materials-wise, I've got um, contracts with dental companies uh, who provide PPE, uh, filling materials, equipment, etc. And through my work as well, I'm able to generate funding through patients and through donations of dental practices in general. Excellent. So you've sort of for, formed relationships with the with the sort of suppliers, and they're and they're supporting you um, with 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 the stuff that you need. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And with your two other roles, um, teaching at the university and uh, your your dental hygiene work, um, it's is that sort of full time between those two roles. So that's part time. So I'm I'm currently three days in practice and two days at the university. So it's it makes up full time work between them. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. And then and then you just have to to, to manage the charity on on top of that, presumably. Yes, in free time. Yeah, pretty much seven days a week is working. It almost seems a bit, a bit of a daft question, really. But what what sort of impact have you seen um, out in Nepal? The work you're doing, um, helping people um, with their with their dental hygiene. Um, presumably, for some people, it's it's a huge difference to their lives. Massively, yeah. It's it's because oral health and general health are directly related. So often in a lot of uh, developing countries, uh, oral health is not prioritised because people can't afford it. The government doesn't put enough money into that sort of system. So that's kind of left neglected. But oral health does directly link with general health. Like you can get diabetes, which is related to gum disease, things like that. And it's had a huge impact in the sense that people are becoming more aware of the links between the both. The importance of, of keeping good oral health to to maintain good general health, really, mm. um, and obviously relieving people out of pain, um, being able to educate not only local the local population but also health workers because that was my research project was mainly focused on the health professionals out there. Um, so it's had an impact on that. Uh, I've. I will be taking my research projects to a conference in the US next year to present it. Um, and again, that will create awareness, hopefully, and that will create interest and again, help impact the local people. Um, and I think hopefully in the future, uh, when the grants are set up for uh, contributing to young girls' education, again, that will help to see these girls go through education, pull themselves out of poverty, and all by doing that themselves, really. Excellent. So you're sort of generating enough funds to to um, get get the, the dental uh, care out there, but have, have enough money to also do the education on, on top of that, yeah? You might yeah. Get, get yeah. right into the stick there. 
Excellent. And you said something about the um, the people actually out in Nepal who um, are working in the areas of, of health and um, dental hygiene. You've been been working with them, have you, to sort of bring information over from the UK? Uh, so yes and no. Not so much information over from the UK because Nepal does have they do have dental schools, they do have dentists working there. It's just in the rural mountain areas where it's quite limited. Um, so it's more a case of working with the professionals who are actually based in those mountain areas, which are actually just general health workers. So they're what we would consider an auxiliary health worker. Um, and they're just trained to deal with with minor conditions, Um with medication usually rather than treatment because they don't have the equipment number one and they don't have the uh, knowledge just yet because they're only trained to deal with basic things. And it's these people, some of them, who have been taking teeth out um, untrained and obviously it's with the right intention to relieve their patient out of pain but again it's something quite dangerous to do. We take it quite seriously here obviously uh, with the post up um, risks but it was a case of educating them and just just getting to know what they're doing so that I can have a better idea how to help this group of professionals work safely and work with the local public safely really. So what was your motivation obviously you, you started off doing um, the, the, the dental hygiene course at the university what sort of motivated you to sort of continue and enhance your education and sort of get to where you are? Um, I guess I, I knew that I didn't want to be stuck just in, in general dental practice. Um, I couldn't see myself doing that every day, day in, day out. Uh, I think I would, I would get a little bit bored. Um, so I would like the variety in, in still using the skills that I had but still applying that in, in a way that is is effective, I suppose. And that's when I, in my I think it was in my final year of doing uh, the hygiene therapy degree, that I got approached uh, by the lady who ran the research program at the time if I was interested in doing a research project. And I thought, well, why not? You know, this could open up my avenues of working in academia, and uh, becoming a researcher, you know, working in those sorts of companies that do research, working in a university that does research, or working in a teaching capacity. And that just sort of led on to the charity side of things when I just really saw the amount of deprivation in Nepal. And I thought, well, I've got a really good skill and a lot of knowledge, so it probably could do some good use here. And that's how it came about. You're obviously sort of fairly well underway and you've got sort of plans with the education of of young girls and everything like that but um you know what's what's your uh your dream your hope in sort of say you know five five years time ten years time what would what would you like the outcome um of all this to be where are you sort of hoping it will lead hoping it will lead to something which is instead of Instead of just going there and local people relying on outside resources to provide for the area, I would much prefer if it created some sort of sustainability in the area so they didn't rely on, on, on me or dental professionals going out there. They could actually, they could actually use, utilise their own dental professionals 
more effectively and they could provide that service for their own people in those rural regions um, more often than they are receiving already. And it would a case, I guess, uh, of empowering the people there to, to pull themselves out of situations that they're in. Hopefully, you know, one of these young girls will go on to do dentistry and she might go back to that village and work there. Something along the lines of that. I do intend on on studying a PhD, hopefully in September, um, so that I could understand the situation better. So do more research yeah. in that area, have a better understanding of their needs and the best possible way to implement um, a structure, a model of care, basically, so that they could have the help that they need, rather than relying on an outside source. I think sometimes that does more bad than it does good. So it would be a case really of working towards empowering people that excellent. And and are you hoping to to do the PhD at Portsmouth? Yes, yes, I will be, yes. In the long term, would you ever would you hope to expand to to other areas or do you think that might be sort of you don't want to spread yourself too thinly? No, most certainly um I'm now exploring the new option of doing a similar thing in Ethiopia, because Ethiopia is also of a similar economic situation to Nepal. These are actually not considered developing countries because they don't even meet that criteria. They they don't they don't they're that poor. They don't even meet that criteria in that sense. So it's it's a case of hopefully expanding out there um, so that I can uh, offer that option as well to 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 the local people too. Amazing. And what sort of um, stage are you at with Ethiopia? Uh, it's only in the proposal stage yet. So we've, we have just about uh, begun to approach a university there and we're just in talks about ways of implementing it because each country is different. They've all got their different systems, their different healthcare systems, their different laws which govern them. So it's a challenge to learn the system of each country and it takes time to, to understand what system they have in place first before I can just go and go and do what I want to do I have to fit in with what they're doing basically so it's it's early stages yet very early stages at the moment but I imagine by approaching each each um, country individually and doing that preparation research makes a huge difference to uh, the potential success of it rather than just sort of going in and trying to do a one-size-fits-all for different countries correct yeah because they've all got different policies in place and they're governed so differently and and the amount of funding that they get is also different so it's a case of matching you know their needs but also being realistic about what is possible because what's possible in Nepal might not be possible in Ethiopia and it's a case of of just realizing what I can and can't do really. So here we've talked about sort of uh Portsmouth alumni and current students well obviously you are, are involved with them because you're 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 teaching them um so and you mentioned you were hoping to get um some students involved um in your work in Nepal what sort of what what are your plans your hopes um in in getting students involved so usually for dentists for dentist students um they usually have to do an elective in their fourth year an elective means they have to go and find their own um, clinic or uh, hospital where they where they have to just observe or carry out um, dental procedures. Usually a lot of students go abroad to do that. And so it would be a case of offering that for, for dental students most certainly. But 
also uh, for hygiene therapy students, for dental nursing students, because that's not really offered in the undergraduate program like it is for dentists. So, and I think, you know, uh, education outside the classroom is something quite invaluable. You, we're quite fortunate to have everything on a plate here when we learn and study and to be able to apply that knowledge uh, and those skills in an unfamiliar setting is quite a learning curve for, I believe, a lot of students. Um, so it would be a case of taking them alongside uh, the volunteers to to observe and to participate in, in some treatments so that they could see how dentistry is done when you don't have everything that you ideally need, but still are able to provide a service nonetheless. And and I think that would be something that I would I would really love to get students involved in. But it, again, uh, I guess it's going to take time and with, with uh, getting the universities on board, etc. But I think it's quite possible, quite possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that would be uh, an amazing experience for them. And as you say, really invaluable to their education, but also to sort of their personal development as well. Most certainly, yes, yes, definitely. Why did you choose to, to study at Portsmouth initially? Obviously, you've you've sort of continued your education there, so that's a really positive thing. But what what drew you there in the first place? I heard lots of positive things about the dental school there. The nature of, of dental um, education is quite competitive, and there aren't so many schools in the UK which offer dental nursing or dental hygiene therapy, and so I heard that it was quite a supportive school it was well structured the program and after hearing how students were really happy with the education there I thought well this is definitely a place that I would I would like to be fortunate enough to go to and I also uh, live in London um, or I came from London and it was quite close by so it wasn't too far from family members either so it was it just really worked out quite well that's probably the reason I chose it. Was heard lots of good things about it, and obviously you've you've chosen to continue your education and and choosing to continue your education further still with with uh, with Portsmouth. But um, when you sort of look back on on the education you've undertaken so far there, um, you know, and indeed living um, in Portsmouth as well, what 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 sort of the highlights? What do you what do you think of when you look back on your time so far? There's so many things. There's so many things. Um, I think Portsmouth as a city, I think of uh, living in Chelsea and being able to, as a student, enjoy enjoy the seaside, which is quite nice. Um, and in education, I think the one thing I, I that really sticks out to me is the level of support I got from the uh, teaching staff while studying and it was it was fantastic and it was something that helped me really get through all of my education that I've had so far at Portsmouth and um, I believe it's something very invaluable to help students get through so that they can actually graduate in the end with with good results that they that they wanted and that's something I think of when I when I think of Portsmouth University is is the good teaching staff that are there. Excellent and you you mentioned um you you were sort of approached to to do your research masters um by, by a, a lecturer there um is is that someone you're sort of working alongside now um 
I would have been, but uh, the lady has now gone on to work at another university. Um, oh. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, we would have been the case. Yeah, we would have been colleagues, which would be quite funny. That obviously made a, made a big impact on your life and sort of led to where you are now. I think so. Even from even from the undergraduate program, there were several tutors there who uh, helped me along the way to encourage me to go and to do the masters in research. Uh, uh, Marina Harris, who's the uh, tutor who helped me um, publish my undergraduate research and encouraged me to go on to do a master's in research. So it kind of started from there, I would say. And then I was approached by the other lady, Christina, and just grew from there. And there's been quite a few people who've had an impact on 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 my professional development, I would say, within the academy, which is why I, I highly rate them as staff because they've pushed me to get where I am today. Excellent. Well, you certainly sound like you've uh, you've got your plate full and you're certainly uh, doing really, really great stuff. It's, uh, it's really impressive and interesting to hear about. So thank you ever so much. No problem. Nida's charity is making a crucial difference, linking dental health with wider health, plus... The education it provides means that locals in Nepal have the beginnings of a sustainable healthcare system and a generation of empowered girls who may well be health leaders of the future. If you're enjoying this series, you can find more podcasts from the University of Portsmouth on this feed. If you'd like to get involved and make a few waves of your own, let us know by emailing alumni at port.ac.uk or click on alumni from the Portsmouth homepage.